0: This podcast is brought to you by impactears.club. What's the secret to getting yourself hired? Well, that's the million-dollar question every college graduate has, and we're cracking the code of how tech companies hire and take a peek inside the HR curtain. Tune in to our Tech Career Show for a full reveal of all the secrets of landing your dream job. And now... Introducing your host.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Tech Career Show, where SaaS co founder Benjamin Matthew has a virtual sit down with Aditya Kumar, who is currently the VP of Product at Infido. Ben explores Aditya's journey of having grown up outside of India to joining an organization that gave young people tremendous opportunities and how that exposure eventually shaped his outlook to problem solving, people management, developing technical skills, product management, and life in general. There are some great takeaways for young people in this episode, so lean in and listen on. Enjoy.
0: Hey everyone, I'd love to welcome to the show Aditya Kumar. He's the VP of Product in Infido. Um, Hey Aditya, how are you doing?
1: Thank you so much, Jun. I'm good. Uh, Happy to be here.
0: Lovely to have you here with us as well. Um, Aditya, just for the listeners, uh, to kind of get a brief understanding of who you are, um, why don't you give yourself, I mean, why don't you give an introduction about yourself?
1: Uh, Sure. Um, So I currently head the product function, of the VP product at a company called Infido. Uh, We are in the employee experience space. Uh, Before this, I worked in companies like uh, Whatfix, a startup called Belong, uh, LinkedIn, which is obviously now Microsoft and a bunch more. Uh, I grew up uh, outside India most of most of my life because my dad was in the defense forces. Uh, came back for my studies and and uh, then joined a company called Isaac, which uh, again took me around the world. Uh, came back, came worked in Bombay for a while, uh, moved to startups, and that's when my LinkedIn journey started. And that's where I am now.
0: Hey, fantastic! Um, so you said you grew up outside
1: India. That's correct. I grew up in Libya.
0: Africa Which, yeah India,
1: Africa yeah so it's not it's not like the uh, the most valuable destination now but back then it was quite uh, a reclusive paradise at some point totally understand
0: so um uh, for the listeners as well they've got no idea but i grew up in africa as well i grew up in a country called botswana oh nice that's awesome <laughs> so yeah i think post call we'll post the podcast we'll have a discussion but anyway yeah, <laughs> coming back <yeah>. to the <laughs> Going back to the podcast. Um, great. So um, you did mention ISEC, um, yeah. quite curious to know what exactly you did for them. Like, I think you spent about four years there with them, right?
1: That's correct. So ISEC is a, a student organization you join when you're in college. Um, it's voluntary when you're in college, so they don't pay you, but you can take up positions uh, as you grow along. Uh, it's funny, actually. So when I was finishing college, um, I had the, the usual offers on the table from the services companies in India, uh, and I had a choice to take mm-hmm. that or I could continue in ISEC. I chose to continue in ISEC because of the international experience and international exposure it gave me. Uh, something that I thought would really help me in my future career. Uh, I'm glad I did that because the next three years, I was able to visit like 30, 35 countries and you know mingle with people from all over the world. Oh wow. So I'm
0: sure that's changed your perception of how you looked at um, life in general as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's super humbling to be in a place where you don't know, you don't know a single person, you don't know the language, you don't know the culture, but yet you have to, you know, go out and and do your work and do your job and succeed. I think it really, really humbles you as a person. Oh wow,
0: um, I don't think I want to be in that position, but that's. Uh, I, Now I understand. you're young young and foolish, you you kind of
1: jump in there. (laughs) uh, When you're (laughs) young, but yeah, now maybe not. But just out of college, why not? True, and and I guess
0: that's the best time to experiment and kind of uh, explore what's out there in the world as well.
1: Absolutely. Uh, One more good thing about Isaac was that it gave you a lot of responsibility at a very young age. So kind of like a crash course in, you know, kind of managing uh, a lot of people. Like I was, when I was 22, I was responsible for the the technology of of a company that's almost 50,000 strong. Uh, It gave me the freedom to experiment. It gave me the freedom to grow, make mistakes, learn a lot, uh, which I really, really, you know, later on realized how useful that was.
0: Fantastic. Would you say since you grew up in Libya, right? would you say that your upbringing had a significant difference in the way that you looked at um, getting employment or going looking at the job market as a as in the way your mindset was formed, so to speak?
1: yeah, I think I think it taught me not to make any assumptions about anything uh, to like when I moved back to India, uh, there were people who were shocked that I didn't know what cricket was because <laughs> you can't play cricket in sand. Like, it's a hard <laughs> desert, right? So uh, yeah. when, I, when I told someone uh, on the street, hey, you know, how do you play this? And they were like, they were looking at me like as if I was an alien. Um, you know, they couldn't oh, believe me. Um, so yeah, I think it kind of taught me not to assume anything in that sense uh, and approach everything from the right. first principle or basic principle level. Uh, that kind of helped, helped me, you know, go to places that I probably wouldn't have usually with the assumptions.
0: Totally makes sense. And I'm I'm, I'm guessing that those first principle um, attitude towards any problem basically has served you very well so far, even in Korea.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's that's become the foundation of, of what I what I'm doing right now.
0: Hey, phenomenal man. Phenomenal. Um I wanna just take two steps back and um you know this shows for kids who are basically passing out of engineering colleges and don't really know a hundred percent what they want to do with life um they've got an idea but they're you know they're going to face that big jungle out there so what is it that, what would you say to them that uh might help them in in a nutshell to kind of carve their career path or create a path for themselves
1: i would say you know the most important thing is uh the, the softer and the most comfortable paths are always going to be around. Um, and there are always these opportunities at the edge that take you slightly outside your comfort zone. Start experimenting with those, start flirting with those. Uh, and what you will notice is that you kind of like it because uh, while it's com- uncomfortable initially, the end of the journey is so much more fulfilling uh, than when you first mm-hmm. started. So then you'll, go doing, you'll keep doing that more and more and more. You'll want that fix. Um, so yeah, I think the first foray out of your comfort zone is the most important one. And that usually comes straight out of college or, you know, some people get it through working on a college festival. Some people work it through, uh, get it through working with their friends or on a startup or something like that. But mm. that first foray becomes super critical. And as someone who's self-aware, you should go look for that first foray to kind of put you out of your comfort right. zone and learn a lot.
0: Um, would you mind sharing what your first um, foray out on yeah. the edge was?
1: <laughs> Mine was ISEC because I joined that in second year of college. Um, ah. For for the first two years of college, I was pretty much, you know, like studying and, uh, and, and kind of figuring out what to do. And then I realized that there's so much more to the world, so many more opportunities, so many more, you know, I don't know, like uh, places to be, cultures to experience uh and all, with all of those came opportunities as well it's not just all all fun and games but there there is a world out there where people do make a living so that kind of opened the doors for an, uh a non-engineering uh you know career for me as well
0: right right um talking about non-engineering careers um you're currently a VP of product in Enfido, right? Yes, that's correct. Cool. Um, you, you, you briefly spoke about your journey through LinkedIn and um, Watfix and a couple of other companies. Um, what, what was that one factor, if there was one, like w- what was it that drove you to say, okay, I don't want to go into core engineering and I want to be, um, you know, in product? Got so, it. Was there anything that kind of triggered that?
1: Yeah, it's actually funny. So I think my story will be slightly different here. A lot of people, you know, they join coding companies or services companies and they say, hey, this isn't isn't for me. Um, I was the opposite. I said, hey, I love technology. I love programming. Um, But I wouldn't want to, I didn't want to spoil it by doing it as a job. Um, So I kind of kept that as a as a hobby as a passion i still do that every day i write i write scripts here and there you know i kind of help out my engineers at work as well uh, i understand what they're talking about uh, take part in technical discussions architecture discussions with them uh, but i keep that as something that i do on the side um, and the next best thing that i thought i could kind of influence or impact the world was through product management which is why that became the next logical mm-hmm. step for me got it
0: and um could you define what what it means to be a product manager? <laughs> yeah, yes, I, I yes. know it sounds like a very generic generic thing, but the, the the reality is that there are a lot of people out there who say, "Oh, I know that you can be a product manager." They've got no clue what it is. So, yes. I, I'd like to hear your view as a product sure, manager. Sure, I think
1: I think it's a, it's a lot of things uh, to a, to a lot of people, and it needs to be a lot of things for different people at different times and different companies. But at its core, it's kind of using yourself as a base to solve problems with the resources that you currently have um, and every part of that line is super important like solving is a very important part of the line the problem is a very part of the uh, important part of the line because solving the wrong problem wouldn't would would invalidate that line or giving the wrong solution to that problem would invalid that line Correct. as well and the resources that you get uh, which is your own time the o- other people's time money uh, all of that becomes critical to the success of it so if you if you want to find yourself in a role that has needs a lot of what I what I think is coined as agency which is you know what's in your control and how how much you can control it um, this is a great place to be Um, but if you want tight control over people you'll be working with uh, then this is not probably not the best place to be because most people who work as product managers don't report to them. So you have no direct control over them most of the time. So it's a problem-solving role, but it's mm. also something that helps you build social capital, which you can spend on a later time uh, because not everyone like, reports into you. So that becomes a very important part of the role.
0: Okay, so I mean, having nobody report to you is actually crucial to the whole... That's correct, whole because then you'll just well. be
1: firefighting between different teams as in solving the, the end users or the customer's problem. So that's a critical aspect as well. Got
0: it, got it. Makes sense. Totally makes sense. Right. Um, as a young graduate, um, I let's say I'm, I'm passing out or I've just passed out of college, um, is becoming a product manager like a straight line route or is there steps and stages that I need to go through and eventually get into product? Like how, how um, maybe you can talk about your journey as well, how you, you know, jump from company to company but eventually ended up in product. But uh, what's that, what's the usual pathway and what's the non-usual pathway, so to speak?
1: So I think the usual path is an engineering and an MBA degree. <laughs> but um, that's not, not only the just usual, it's also the most expensive path nowadays. <laughs> uh, but I think that uh, the best part, the, or at least the people that I've seen come out and do really, really well, are the people who throw themselves into operational problems at a young age. Um, there are a lot of startups right now which are going through a lot of operational problems, like uh, if you look at 10-minute grocery deliveries and all of those things, right? Solving those Herculean problems gives you the mindset and the skills to solve more and more problems and better problems when you have more resources, Um, You know, it's like the old adage, you know, like, I think characters is how people act when, you know, no one's looking at them or something like that, right? So I think the best problem solvers are the ones who solve problems when they have almost zero resources and they manage to pull it off. Um, And then they just get better with time when they do get resources, right? Um, So that actually ensures success more often than the usual path of an engineering plus an MBA. No, I mean, I'm I'm not... Denying that path because I took that as well. But uh, from my experience is what I've seen is that you know uh, if you if you want to look if you want to look for people like this, they'll usually be people who are ready to solve any problem in a fast-paced company. So it's not like they never look for hey, I want this role, or I want that title, or things. So they'll always ask, "What's the problem you want me to solve?" And then they solve it, and they solve it in the way that's that's good, and then they move on to the next problem. And if you are that kind of person. Uh, you will be on the fast track to any role that you want, not just product management. But product management becomes more uh, aligned to what you do.
0: Right, right. And so fundamentally problem solving is an engineering trait, but you don't necessarily have to be an engineer to problem solve, right?
1: That's correct. In fact, uh, I think nowadays problem solving is more about interpersonal relationships, uh, you know, reading the room right, EQ, all of those things more often than engineering. Because I think engineering has become, we've been entered the no-code revolution. And you know, I'm, I'm not going to deny that this mm. will always have the upper hand, even though there's so much of no-code. Uh, I'm just saying that there's a lot more technology out there that's possible and available to to everyone out there. That technology has no longer become the barrier to problem solving. It's the other parts of the, the human character that has become the barrier to problem solving. Actually, always, it always has been, <laughs> to be honest. But it's become more visible now.
0: Okay, got it, got it. Um, on a lighter note, what wakes you up in the morning and you know gets you to work?
1: Oh, it's mostly my dogs. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's it's. What,
0: do, what dogs do you have? I'll, I'll delve into that.
1: <laughs> I have two dogs: uh, a black lab uh, and a uh, rottweiler. Um, and if you hear some barking in the in the background, that's that's their fault. Um, but yeah, on, on, a, on a more serious note, I think um, I'm very picky with the kind of roles I do because I like to kind of, I like to be the user of something that that I, I work on, right? becomes very difficult to product manage something that I wouldn't imagine myself using. And that's kind of like, you know, something that I personally, not everyone has to go through this because a lot of people can maybe cast themselves and imagine how somebody else would use it. But I typically like to pick up roles where I would be uh, a typical end user, right? Um, And that's why I find myself in HR tech a lot. Um, So people spend so much of their time at work and a lot of people, you know, are not that happy at work or miserable at work for things that could be solved quite easily with technology. That's what drives me to work every day.
0: Wow. Making everyone, uh, making life easier for those who go to work, basically, in, in a simple line,
1: yeah, and you spend like a good chunk of your life at work, right? So um, it's it's not that you go and it come out a lot of times. So yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, totally get it. All right, um, you know, there's there's this whole uh, narrative that goes out there where people talk about, hey, if you want to excel in life, succeed in life, you need to have a mentor, a role model, a support. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, I think that's that's great. I've had a lot of people who helped me along the way. I, I don't believe that anyone's truly self-made uh, in that sense. Uh, the only only millionaires who are self-made are, you know, whose fathers were billionaires. So um, I think, I think, I think uh, it's wrong to call anyone completely self-made. Everyone's been helped by with some aspect of society or the government or people around them, right? Um, it's important to find people who've tread the path before you who can give you? Who can guide you from the common mistakes away from the common mistakes that you might make? Um, it's not necessary, but it definitely helps. You'll uh, just take a little longer to figure it out if you're on your own and if you have the the right will. But having a mentor or having a coach definitely helps out. And I would urge everyone to kind of you know be relentlessly relentlessly persistent on LinkedIn when you find someone that you want to talk to that you want to and. You know don't be shy about hey messaging someone saying can i just catch up with you uh, and that's one of the things that i think being putting yourself in uncomfortable situation lets you do it gives you the freedom to go out and you know uh, message other people and tell other people hey can i catch up and talk about something about my career or anything
0: right right reaching out and and, and doing things that you generally don't do
1: that's correct yeah just to you know give you an example the way i got my linkedin job uh, before joining linkedin i was a recruiter i was headhunting uh, people in technology. Okay. So, uh, when I applied for LinkedIn, the uh, recruiter looked, looked one of my resume and said, how can you do a technical role? You're a recruiter, you know, you hire people for, for a living. Right. And he dumped it in the pile. And I messaged him every day for six months. Wow. Uh, and I didn't get, them, right. And one day I figured out that the hiring manager who's coming down from the us. So I, Bought a LinkedIn premium license and emailed her, saying, "Hey, I know you're hiring for this role in India, and I know that you're coming down to interview the final few candidates. Uh, I want to talk to you." And she said, "Sure, let's meet." And this is after six months of not meeting anyone, right? Right. Uh, And within two weeks, I was working there. Uh, And this is not something that would have happened if I just listened to the first person who told no.
0: Right. So I mean, uh, consistency and 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 the the dedication you had to like say, Hey, I really want that job. Right. That, that's uh, I'm curious to know, how did you find out that, that the person was flying down?
1: <laughs> uh, so I, I there's something that there's some, all these back channels that you can ask around. Um, so I padded up to someone who was in a different team on LinkedIn, figured out who was a hiring manager, uh, you know, through some internal systems and stuff. And I figured out if she's coming here, I should probably talk to her. Uh, because I knew I was, I was a good fit for the role. I knew that being a recruiter, as in somebody who's worked in, in HR and a technical person before that, I was a great fit for LinkedIn. Because, you know, it, technology plus HR, uh, I could see that. But according to my resume, the last thing I did was I was a recruiter. So I, I couldn't be a good fit according to uh, conventional logic, at least. Um, but yeah, so I had to make that work. <laughs>
0: Yeah and 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 I mean what you just said is gold pure gold right like you you problem solved and and that therein lies the key right you, you knew that um in order to bypass the existing system because that system was blocking you from making successful uh, application you then figured out okay this is the problem how do i solve it and then uh, went up the chain figured out ways and means and 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 really hit at it and and, and got in wow
1: yeah absolutely yeah
0: Totally right. Um, two and a half years in LinkedIn, um, you basically were a technical consultant, technical person, and then you moved into yeah. um, growth. And um, I'm guessing that was the transition to product, right?
1: That's correct. I was uh, unofficially playing, uh, or you know, playing product-ish role in uh, LinkedIn as well. Uh, but yeah, I think the actual transition happened once I moved into uh, longer or growth roles as well so I mean if I one of the one of the important projects I worked in LinkedIn was the whole getting every job in the world onto LinkedIn uh, that was a, a humongous task set to us by the then CEO uh, Jeff um, and that was that was when I also got smitten by saying hey you know what it's it's if if I can index all of the world's jobs then hey maybe there's something in this <laughs>
0: Wow. Yeah. I, I, I love your, your outlook towards every problem, right? You're, you're, you're not looking I mean, 99%. I mean, 90% of people would say, Oh man, that's a huge task. Like, how do I do it? Like, you're like, okay, let's figure this out and let's go for it. I mean, I'm, I'm totally smitten by that, to be honest.
1: And it's, it, I mean, to be honest, like we did a lot of things that failed as well. Like we, because in India, most of ads are on in the newspaper. Uh, you know, they're not even online. Um, so we had to go scan a bunch of newspapers to see if that would work out, uh, maybe strike a bunch of partnerships as well. So it's, it was crazy times. It was like wild, wild west at that time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, today everything's on LinkedIn, right? Then it was like, yeah, you do go and check out the newspaper for whoever, who's applying. I mean, who's, who's got jobs available and stuff. Yeah. So true.
1: Yeah. Especially like maybe rural jobs or the, the government jobs or any yep. of that sort. Yep.
0: Totally. Totally. Great. Great. Awesome. So um, just changing pace a bit. Um, what would be the advice you give um, to young aspiring technology student graduates, right? As a VP of a company um, like Infido, what, what would be the one advice that you would give to these kids?
1: So I think um, I would say that the technology part of your skills is, is, like a, is like your main skill, but you need to garnish it with everything else. With uh, communication, with sales, with marketing, with product, and you need to explore all of these because uh, technology is an exponential multiplier to any of these. Right. But by itself, uh, it's not that useful. You need to apply to one of these places, right? You need to apply to the real life. Um, So I think everybody who works in technology should step out, take a few steps in each of these, uh, figure out what really strikes them, what really you know, kind of is in, in, in alignment with what they want to do and then use the power of technology to kind of deliver results in those areas. Right. So for example, if someone's super into marketing and still a technology person, there's so many companies out there, like ad tech companies, marketing companies, uh, and analytics companies that they can go into where they can combine their passion for technology and that domain. Um, I don't, I don't think that, you know, when people say I can go, I can do whatever I want. I can, Work in any domain i don't think that they're kind of utilizing this as the full potential because learning something and learning a new domain is going to stay with you along with the technical skills uh, and you'll be a much much better person a much better employee much better professional for it
0: right and that domain evolves as well as as you go
1: absolutely yeah and then you get a few more domains under your under your chest and then you start seeing connections and then you can open up new categories. Uh, you know, like Salesforce is a category, a medical service is a category, and then you combine the two and you have a pure play CS, CRM for medical technology. And then you become the de facto expert in that in that domain because you've worked in Salesforce and uh, and pharma companies, right? And you're an engineer. So um, it's, it's that kind of diversification and then convergence that kind of propels you to the top of your career.
0: Fantastic. So kids out there, don't be afraid to step, I mean, like, go and explore and uh, step into things that you don't really know about. And so you never know when it'll come back and help you in the future. Awesome. So um, Aditya, quick rapid fire questions that I have. Um, What's the most used app on your phone?
1: Uh, I would say Reddit.
0: Okay. Um, Apple versus Android?
1: Oh, I've always been on Android. I I love rooting my phones and, and you know, installing uh, the super user modules. <laughs>
0: Thoroughbred engineer. <laughs> right. Got yeah. it. Um, no, ads,
1: fav- no ads.
0: I beg your pardon? I'm sorry. I didn't get that.
1: No ads. I don't, I don't want any ads on my address, So I have to root it for that.
0: True, true. Um, your favorite quote?
1: I'm a huge Batman fan. So I like the quote. Uh, it always gives me goosebumps when, he, when Christian Bale says it. He's like, it's not who I am underneath, but what I do, that defines me. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Phenomenal. Um, a splurge goal that you have or the ultimate splurge goal that you have?
1: Mm, probably buying an island and then preparing for an apocalypse. Uh, yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> we'll talk about the apocalypse later, but I, I
0: love the buying an <laughs> island part of it. <laughs> um, work from home, hybrid or office? Um, what? I mean, which do you prefer and why?
1: I used to be a hardcore office person before I started working from home. Okay. Um, But now it's mostly work from home with just a few days of going in and meeting everyone. I've uh, kind of become like averse to crowds nowadays. Oh, really? (laughs) After working from home.
0: Interesting. And um, do you think that the change between um, working in office environment versus working in uh, a hybrid slash work from home environment... Uh, has changed the way organizations operate and organizations recruit as well, or what they look for in a candidate, yeah, absolutely. you know
1: so when when I first went remote, I started doing uh, interviews like Slack interviews and WhatsApp interviews because I wanted to see if people could respond with clarity over messages because that's what they'll be doing most of the time to me now. Right. Uh, previously, you know, I used to interview them in person, but if somebody could can't get their message across in Slack, or on WhatsApp or on SMS in a very, very clear way, then I know I'm going to be frustrated with that person right. <laughs> a little later on, right? Because that's what they'll be doing to me. So I have to change. And I think a lot of companies have to change how they look at talent. It's also democratized a lot of talent in terms of you can work from anywhere now, right? So you can work for a US company, an Australian company. It doesn't really matter. So it has good things and bad things as well. People say it's not really affect productivity, but I do see companies where it has uh, and where some companies it hasn't, so I think there's a learning curve for everybody there. But overall, I think it's it's just it's just how we are and how, how we have become after right. the the recent you know the pandemic situation and stuff. Right. So That's, we have to take it as it comes.
0: So true. I I think fundamentally everyone talks about communication, and the moment you talk about communication, especially like in college level, it's like oh, you need to learn how to read. I mean, speak English properly, right? It, i i don't think that's yeah. as important as penning down your thoughts now in a clear concise manner i mean
1: because of... yeah absolutely I mean, there's a lot of people i've interviewed who probably aren't the most fluent speakers but they write phenomenally well right. like the difference between them answering a question uh, you know while talking to you versus sending a written note is you know chalk and cheese so uh, i would suggest that whoever's hiring for a remote role incorporate some sort of uh, you know uh, written, written part of the interview as well.
0: Right. Final question. If you had the opportunity to go back time travel and talk to your younger self, let's say a 22 to 24-year-old self, um, is there anything, any piece of advice that you would give them?
1: Yeah, probably maybe invest in crypto and get out before 2022.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I should have been more clear with my question, but I'll take that. <laughs> It's a fair enough answer, I think. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. It's it's completely fair. Totally. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, Aditya, for your time and um, thank you for all your thoughts. I think um, you've given uh, listeners a very unique insight on problem solving, a unique insight on how to actually walk out of their comfort zones and, and uh, you know, not be afraid of doing that more often, right? Um, and... Uh, how the world has changed due to this digital revolution that's happening now. So uh, a big thank you from my side and a big thank you from their sides as well, I'm sure.
1: Thank you so much, Ben. It was really fun talking to you.
0: Awesome. Take care.
1: Bye-bye. Enjoyed
0: listening to this podcast? Well, follow us and hit that subscribe button and let us know what you think. Don't forget to tune in to the next edition of the podcast right here. This podcast of the Tech Career Show was brought to you by Club.